Hello and welcome to you, our faithful listeners. You are listening to the Fellow Cast with another Bring Your Own Bible episode, and in total, we are on 111. Did I say 111 episodes? Sounds right. On the Fellow Cast, that's a one 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 triple one. It's a good good number. I don't know if it means anything. Just been doing a lot of prophetic words lately, so maybe in a bit of a prophetic mode, but. We're going on to the book of Judges today. Yes. It's going to be part one of, of Judges, right? Yes, yeah. And it, this is fascinating stories. I mean, this is really the stuff that movies are made. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's, and then over the whole book, what's good to keep in mind, even as we start off today, we're going to speak quickly about Otniel and then Ehud, and then we come to Deborah. These are the good judges. Okay. The, the scope of the book shows you that at the beginning, the leaders are still like unto a Joshua, mm. like unto a Moses. They seek the Lord. They love the word of the Lord. Um, Deborah stands out as the best of all of them. She's a prophetess. She hears God's voice, and she calls on a man that's willing to obey God's voice. But when we get to the end of the book, we see guys like Samson. Mm. And after that, even worse, guys like Abimelech. And uh, it's just, it gets horrible. The Deteriorates. People, they don't know God anymore. Mm. So even as you look at the stories of the individuals, it's, uh, I always think about it's like an oil prick. Mm. An oil test to see how good the engine is. The yeah. leaders are like that stick that you pull out and say, oh my goodness, if this is what the leader looks like. What's the nation looking like? (laughs) But keep then in mind all throughout the book that right in in the middle of it, we actually have a Ruth and a Naomi. Mm. Mm. People that love God. We have somebody like a Boaz in their story that's willing to still walk according to the law of Leviticus Mm. and reach out to a desperate family. Um, And out of that then is born King David. Remember out of that marriage. So. Keep in mind, that sits in the middle of the book of Judges as well. So even though the, the, the book shows that the nation is seriously deteriorating in their morals, they don't know God anymore, mm. uh, there are still gold somewhere, yeah. nuggets. It's so always that glimmering hope of redemption hidden yes. somewhere. Yeah. And then the other thing is, um, remember that Samuel then is the last judge, mm. uh, which then brings in a new era as the nation asks for a king. And with judges like the end of this book, man, I would also be asking for a king. Mm. I was like, please, we just need something different, God. Yeah. Yeah. So the book then starts off, remember, it's after Joshua and the elders passes away. So they're no longer there. And it's got this little refrain in it um, at the beginning and at the end of the book. In those days, Israel didn't have a king. And therefore, everybody did what was good in their own eyes. Mm. Now, Now, even that. It sounds like today's liberalism. Yeah. Eh? I do what feels right. Yeah. It's good for me. I do it. That's good for you. You do it. Yeah. That's never good. You live your truth. Yeah. That's it. You hear that a lot. So um, in the book of Joshua again, we saw these great victories and we said, but remember, there's these pockets of people that were not driven out. So Mm. the territory was taken, but in amongst all of that big territory that they took, there's still pockets of um, all of sorts of ites, Moabites and Canaanites and Jebusites. So that's for in, in, in chapter 1 it says, um, I'm just going to jump to a few verses. Verse mm. 18, Judah also took Gaza and Asklon and Ekron, each city with its territory. And they took these territories, 21. The Benjamites, however, did not drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. And 27, but Manasseh did not drive out the people of Beth Shun, 
28, when Israel became strong, they pressed the Canaanites into forced labor, but never drove them out completely. That's disobedience, right? That's not what God said. Mm. 32, um, uh, the Asherites lived among the Canaanite inhabitants of the land because they did not drive them out. And neither did Naphtali drive out those living. You get the picture. Yeah. These pockets of people. And it's pointed out here as disobedience. Mm. They did not do what God said they had to do. I'm going to jump over chapter 2 and then come back. Okay. Because a different side of the coin is shown in chapter 3. From verse 1, these are the nations the Lord left to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not previous battle experience. Verse 4, they were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's command which he had given their ancestors through Moses. Verse 6, they took their daughters in marriage and they gave their own daughters to their sons and served their gods and I would put in brackets there, i.e., test failed mm. <laughs> God tested them are you going to be faithful they stayed among them mm. no they didn't so why did God leave them there to teach their hands to war yeah. not to marry them not to make deals with them and put them in slave slavery but to drive them out sure. it was their jobs like their ancestors to get rid of these guys yeah. now for me that's a that's a picture of the heart isn't it um I get saved, but I still have my old habits. I still have my soul care to do, to deal with. Mm. And that's like the pockets of Canaanites and Moabites in my picture. Yeah. That's what I see in my heart. I have to, like the New Testament say, say work out my salvation with fear and trembling. Mm. But if I like these guys, going to say, oh, I'm going to make a deal with these habits of mine. Yeah. Now I'm going to end like the end of the book of Judges. Yeah. Everything's going to be fall down, and I'm not even going to look like a child of God anymore. Sure. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. Yeah, mm. so you need to drive it out out of your own life. You know, drive out that sin, that old habit. Yeah, that you've yeah. been saved from now. Yeah, that would be one great application for mm. me out of that story. Mm. Now, in chapter two, I said we're going to jump over it. Um, this is a phenomenal thing. I think we can easily read it and not actually see what's taking place. Remember at the beginning of the book of Joshua, he has this meeting with the angel uh, of the Lord, yeah. with the captain of the angel armies. In my mind, Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, now over here, in the beginning of Judges, again, chapter 2, the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land that I swore to give your ancestors. I said, I'll never break my covenant with you, and you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you shall break down their altars. Yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? And I've also said, I will not drive them out before you. They will become traps for you, and their gods will become snares to you. And when the angel of the Lord had spoken these things to all the inhabitants of Israel, the people wept aloud, and they called that place Bochum, which sounds like crying. Could you just picture it? I mean, there's one guy meeting the Lord at the beginning of the book of Joshua. Here's the angel of the Lord standing on a hill with the entire nation mm. of Israel in meeting, <laughs> and he addresses the people. Yeah. What a powerful thing. <laughs> <laughs> eh? A terrifying thing. Yeah, a and he's saying to you, guys, you're messing up. Yeah. Turn back to me. Change your ways. Yes. 
Mm. How incredible. Imagine yeah. we all rock up at Cape Town. We're there in the city bowl and they're somewhere on uh, the hill. On Table uh, Mountain. Yeah. There stands the angel of the Lord speaking sure. to all of us, all of us looking at him, listening to him. Yeah. Powerful. Very powerful. Yeah. Almost seems a bit like the day of judgment, you know. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> at least the day of warning, but yeah. unfortunately, they didn't listen. Yeah. They disobeyed. Um, sure. So then we start getting this refrain then in chapter 3, verse 7. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God, and they served the Baal and Asherah. The Lord, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel so that he sold them into the hands of the Canaanites. We're going to get that refrain time and again. They they did not obey the Lord, so he sold them. Mm. What, what does sold mean? It means you're my property. Yeah. They belong to God. He took them out of Egypt. And now that they disobey, he's selling them to another guy mm. and say, all right, you take them for a while. Why? Until they cry out to me. And they say, please, God, help us. Mm. And that becomes then the chorus of the book. Yeah. Again and again, we see they disobey. The Lord sells them and they say, oh, goodness, I don't want to serve this idol. It's not good. Yeah. It doesn't work out well. I want to cry out to God again. And then God sends a judge. Yeah, well, in many ways, that's the picture of, of sin in our lives. You know, Absolutely. You, you sin and you fall away from God. It's a, your sin that your iniquities build a barrier between you and God. And then you realize how much you need God and you cry out again. And what does it yeah. also say? He hands you over mm. to, to the devil. Uh, yeah. So that you would actually want to get back to, to God, right? Yes. So yeah. In many ways, uh, the, and it's, we must just remember that that's the way the book shows, but the book also shows there's a downward spiral mm. in that. If I don't actually come then to the point and learn my lesson and say, I don't just want to be saved out of the sin that I've now for a while been dropped in. Yeah. I actually want to get down to the root and pluck it out. want to be free from it, yeah. Yes. That, that would be getting the Canaanites out of the land, mm. out of my heart. Um, but if I just keep getting saved by God, the spiral goes down and yeah. down and down. I get further and further away. And that would be what I think the New Testament says, I then harden my heart. Yes. I resist the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because he's actually pointing out, hey, there's something that keeps dragging you down. You better get out the, the root of that thing mm. because that's what's plucking you Sin down. Sin leads to death. Yeah. So then into the first story is that one of Ortniel. Um, he's the first judge that the Lord raises up, and that gives us a good place to pin where the book starts because Ordniel is the brother of Caleb, the guy that, um, the younger brother of Caleb the, that walked with Joshua. Remember yes. the two spies? Yes. So it's very close to the end of the book of Joshua that this then kicks off. And again, afterwards, um, Verse 12 begins, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And because they did this evil, the Lord gave Echlon, king of Moab, power over them. And um, things became seriously hard with him. And they had to keep playing a tribute to this king. And which means they had to cross the Jordan River. Just remember where Moab is. Mm -hmm. It's on the eastern side of the Jordan River. And year after year, they have to bring their tribute like they tax us. To him, and the one year, uh, they send a guy by the name Ehud, and Ehud goes with a group of people to carry them the tribute, whatever it may be—silver, gold, or whatever—and um, 
as they bring it to the king, there's obviously guards at the door that would check you out, that will tap you down, see if you, like they do at the airport yeah. still. The packing uh, heat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Eard was a left-handed man. And, and it always stays such a beautiful thing for me because he's different from the other guys yeah. and the Lord then uses him in his differentness. And um, which means that his weapon would be on his right-hand side. If you think how you would draw out a weapon on the opposite side. And they tapped him on the left-hand side, thinking obviously he's right. And there he found himself in the presence of this king, uh, who we told were an exceedingly fat guy. And it's going to feature in the story just now. Um, I really look forward to that. The Bible's really graphic. Um, And they pay the tribute and then go out and just before he exits the palace he turns back and he says king echelon i've got a secret message for you and the king says oh how yummy how juicy he tells all his officials please leave us alone shut the door behind you and there he stands with his king all by himself with a weapon by his side but the king doesn't know it so he comes close to him to tell him the secret message in private and then takes out a dagger and stabs him in the stomach. And um, I won't l- give you the gory details like the Bible does over there, but it's quite graphic. And then he escapes through the window, but the door is still locked. And the officials outside obviously think the conversation is still continuing. And after a while, they think it's becoming long, and they start knocking on the door. In the meantime, Eard ran all the way back to the fords of the Jordan River, where they would go over. And he starts blowing the trumpet and says, Israel, the king is dead. Come, now's our time. Mm. Capture the fords. Make sure the Moabites cannot come over. Let's start a battle and free ourselves from them. And back at the palace, the officials outside the door start thinking, this is becoming embarrassing. Mm. What's going on? And eventually they break down the door. And they find their king dead on his throne with Eod long gone. And already having warned the people, come, ready for battle. And they surprise them and Mm. they get a victory. Um, And for a while, Israel then is thankful for God's salvation and they turn back to the Lord. But unfortunately, chapter 4 starts off the same way that the previous chapter have started off. So again, what's the lesson there to learn? Do not make deals with these guys among you Mm. get rid of their idols do what the lord says don't just free yourself now from the slavery take over the land take all of it yeah we quickly get a shamchar in between and then comes chapter four again the israelites did evil in the eyes of the lord now that eard was dead so the lord sold them into the hands of jobin king of canaan now it says over there uh, Jobin had a, a officer, a commander of the army, a man by the name Sisera. And in his army, there was 900 chariots uh, strengthened with iron. Sure. It sounds, even today, that's a powerful army. Yeah. All right. And um, they sorely oppressed the Israelites and they cried out to the Lord. And there was this lady. Uh, Deborah, that was already recognized as a leader in the nation. Every day she would sit under a tree at her house and the people would come from all over and ask her 
to please judge their cases. She was seen to have the spirit of the Lord in her, a prophetess. And one day she sent off a message then uh, to say to uh, Balak, um, get the army together and go and fight against Jabin's forces, Sisera and his army, because the Lord will give you victory. Now what would you have done, Valdu? I would be a bit, a bit afraid probably. <laughs> yes. 900 and, chariots. And listen, honestly, it's easy to say, you have faith, go. Yeah, yeah. So what does he say? All right. If it was the Lord that spoke, go with me. Yeah. In other words, put yourself at risk. Uh, then I would know that you truly believe you yeah, heard the God, Lord. Yes. Yeah. So I think we can easily be down on Balak over there. But hey, it's it's a bit of a smart move. Yeah. Still, it didn't sound like Deborah honored him for that. She thought he had to have the faith to believe. So she said, all right, I will come. But when I come, the honor in this battle will not go to you, the commander of the army, but it will go to a woman. And at that moment, it would sound like to Deborah. Yeah. Th that's what you would expect. Yeah. She's the one she together called with it. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's the other size of the force. Uh, but that's not how it turned mm. out. Um, so they went into the battle, and the Lord gave them the upper hand, so much so that the commander of the army, Sisera, in one of his strong chariots, uh, started riding away. And somewhere along the line, he found himself even on foot. And he passed by an area where they actually had good relations with the people of the country. And it sounded like the tent that he went into, a tent of a lady by the name Yol, they actually had relations. So it was a safe space for yeah. him to just duck in. And he said to her, Yol, please, if anybody comes and asks, is there somebody here? Just say no. All right? Protect me. And she then went off and quite nicely said to him, can I offer you something to drink? What about some warm milk? Now, I don't know if any of you guys have gone to bed with warm milk when you were kids. Yes, it's very yeah. comforting. And he's Bit just come from a hectic battle. So he's tired and he gets warm milk and he falls asleep. And when he was asleep, she then comes with a tent peg and hammers it through his head sure. into the ground. And then went and stood outside the tent. And when the army of Balak comes around and says, is there anybody here? She says, yes. Come inside. The man that you are looking for, I'll show you. And there he was. Sure. And she was then honored yeah. because she took out the commander of the army. She's not even an Israelite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, God knows how to cook, eh? <laughs> yeah, you said you, you were sitting in prophetic sessions. And how many times have we heard words and then figured out in our head how would God fulfill yeah. what he said? Yeah. Um, it's a dangerous thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you see that even Deborah, she, she remains prophetic. She calls it again. And yeah. we just make the assumption, well, it's probably going to be you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Lord fulfilled it completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Not even one of the army. Yeah. Uh, nobody related to <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. It, but we have to turn to the song. Eh? It's one of those songs that just moves my heart every time I read it. It's in chapter five, then the song of praise. Um, on that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinoam, sang this song. When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Then she's going to go through 
a couple of the tribes and um, a couple of them she's going to say praise god you came forward when the battle was called mm. and you also came forward and then she says to some of the tribes um, why were you so hesitant to come why didn't you believe and to others she would actually sort of call a judgment on them and says god's going to punish you because you did not come with us into this battle mm. um it, it was it's quite a, a song to read but i want to turn to the end of it because then in chapter uh, in verse 28 it, the song turns and you can listen to this woman writing the psalm from the perspective of uh, a woman and then seeing Sisera's mom mm. waiting at home. Just listen to it. It's so touching. It says, uh, verse 28, Through the window peered Sisera's mother. Behind the lattice she cried out, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why is the clatter of his chariots delayed? The wisest of her ladies answers her. Indeed, she keeps on telling herself, Are they not finding and dividing the spoils? A woman or two for each man, colorful garments as plunder for Sisera, colorful garments embroidered, highly embroidered garments for my neck, all this as plunders. Uh, it's just such a touching moment mm. that you realize this woman realized there's a mom at home and her son is not coming back. Yeah. You know? Sure. Um, but she's not soft on it. Yeah. She says, So may all your enemies perish, O Lord. I mean, she's glad this guy died, yeah. but it's a different perspective. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Yeah. Mm. And we're going to leave it there for, for today, if, yes. if, if I'm correct. I think we, we d we're riding the judges roller coaster at the moment. So we're at the top. Ah. We're finishing at the top today. And then we'll, uh, we'll see where we head next time. Yes. Is this going to be our last one for the year, Garth? I know. I think so. I think yeah. we, we can uh, continue we're into judges, it. yeah, for, mm. for the next. Uh, into 2021 we'll start with the, the rest of judges but judges is a really action-packed book right full Absolutely. of action so Absolutely. we can look forward to a lot of action and maybe as an encouragement if you have been listening try and get through judges over the holiday period uh, well whenever you, you listen to this but read through judges between this one and the next episode so it does make it a bit uh, coherent to follow along than if you haven't read it read it yes. before but thanks again for for just all the the wisdom and the knowledge that you share with us on this on this uh, channel mm. and uh, we really look forward to to see what god's gonna gonna um, reveal to us in the new year so blessings to you garth and thanks for just for what you what you share on the on the fellow cast thank you you too Valdi. until next time bye bye